Welcome back everyone to Sweet 1111. I'm Casey Barrett and today I'm joined with author Jeff Perlman who just came out with his latest novel, The Last Folk Hero, which especially for the Auburn community brings a familiar name to life. And he's here today to talk about his overall experience just as a writer and the process of exploring his latest story. All right. Well, I just have a few questions for you about okay. you and about your your new book out. Um, Great. So my first one is kind of before getting into your novel, what brought you to becoming a writer? I mean, probably like you, I really was fascinated by media. I was fascinated by sports. I grew up, I actually grew up with parents and a brother who cared nothing about sports. And I was always running to the local library in my little town in upstate New York, taking out sports books, reading Sports Illustrated, digging into it, digging into it. And then I became the sports editor of my high school newspaper, Mayo Pack, New York, Really loved writing, loved the power of the pen, and um, wound up at the University of Delaware where your mom went as a uh, writing for the student newspaper. And I just always loved the power of communication and the power of having a voice. And all these years later, here I sit. I yeah. don't regret it at all. I don't think you will either. Yeah. And so kind of looking back on your career, how did you go from, like I said, I did some research on you writing from food to sports and then to feature writing? So I was a, uh, my first job out of college, I was a food and fashion writer for the Nashville, Tennessee and the daily newspaper there. And uh, I didn't know anything about food. I still don't know much about fashion. <laughs> it was the only job they had open. I swear to God, I really want to be a sports writer. And I was there for a long time as a, I mean, not that long, a year. I was a really bad food and fashion writer, but they finally moved me over to sports and I covered like high school wrestling and stuff like that. And I applied, basically what happened when I was a junior at Delaware, just for the hell of it, I applied early for the NBA draft. I declared my eligibility for the NBA draft. <laughs> Without, I didn't play basketball at Delaware. I played intramurals. That was it. Sent a letter to the NBA announcing my eligibility. They wrote me back. Then I got a hall call from the head of security. So it became this whole thing with the NBA. And I always wanted to write for Sports Illustrated. So I, I pitched a bunch of stories. And my first article for SI when I was still writing for the paper in Nashville was about applying for the NBA draft and that whole saga. And they wound up hiring me as a sports writer. And I worked there for a long time. And eventually I started writing books. And here I sit. Wow, that's crazy. I've never heard someone take that route of going into sports. You do um, what you got to. You do what you got to. <laughs> and kind of going off of that, um, with your books that you've written previously, and more specifically, what draws you into diving deeper into sports in general? A lot of it is nostalgia. You know, like a lot of it is like, who were athletes when I was a kid who I really admired or looked up to or sort of, you know, I always say like sports, music, and food are the three nostalgia money spots for most Americans, right? Like you're at some, some deli or something and you smell something and it reminds you of being a kid and your grandma cooking, whatever, or mm -hmm. you hear a song by maybe in your case, like Taylor Swift, right? And it reminds you of being in seventh grade and the feelings of whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and sports is like that. You see a post for me, you see a poster of Bo Jackson. And you're like, oh, yeah, I was 12 years old and I freaking love Bo Jackson. You know, that whole thing. So I just for me, that's what it is, like diving into stuff that I used to love and uh, and reliving it and exploring it and dissecting it. Yeah. And kind of going off of that, too, what brought you to want to write about Bo Jackson or where was that connection to his story? It was honestly Honest to God, I did have his poster hanging up in my wall <laughs> in my room when I was a kid. And then 
when I was an RA, I was an RA one awful year at the University of Delaware. Never become an RA. Have you been an RA? <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't do it. It sucks. But I was an RA at Delaware. This is a true story, and it's not even funny. It's stupid. But on my, on your door as an RA, you had to have, um, you had to always have where you were, and you had to mark it. So you put like Jeff is at in class. Jeff is at the student newspaper. So the people in your hall knew where you were. And I took this bone. The whole campaign was bonos, bonos football, bonos baseball. And I took from a poster, Bono's football, Bono's baseball, and I put them on my door and I had Bono's Jeff is at class, Bono's Jeff is at the newspaper. <laughs> like I was really into Bo Jackson in stupid and inane ways. Um, so when I thought about what my next book would be, I just thought he's kind of a mystery. And you know, something that was crazy, honestly, is I went to Auburn to research a book. I'd never been there before. I walked around your campus. I interviewed a hundred students. I was just curious, a hundred I just I went student to student one day and I said, I want to ask 100 people how many know who Bo Jackson is. You don't have to know a lot about him. How many of you have heard of Bo Jackson? Bo Jackson hasn't played a game at Auburn in 40 years and 99 out of 100 knew Bo Jackson. Oh, yeah. I, his statue's out there. I'm not surprised. It's insane. Yeah. He has, none of you guys were alive when he played football <laughs> or baseball. And he's like an icon. Again, like me and your mom went to Delaware. Nobody now is going to know Delaware football players from the 1980s. It's just... I don't know what it is, but his impact and his legacy is so profound there. It just makes for a really good subject. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And kind of like that is like what you just described. What was your goal for getting his story out? Was there anything like specific that you learned that you wanted to tell people about him? I think I wanted people to know. All right. Like you're in Alabama. You go to Auburn. You've know, you know about Bo Jackson. My daughter goes to UC San Diego. Nobody there would know Bo Jackson. You know, my son is a high schooler. No one's going to know Bo Jackson at that age. And I really, truly, honestly believe he's the greatest athlete to ever walk the earth. And I'm not just saying that. I really believe he's the greatest athlete to ever walk the earth. And I think people need to know who he was, what his legacy was, what he did, the way he did it. I think he's an important sports figure and not that different from the way Jackie Robinson is. Or more modern times, you could say Derek Jeter, Colin Kappa, whoever you want. He's important. So I really, more than anything, just wanted people to understand his legacy of athletic greatness. Mm, yeah. And I was, when I was reading your book, in your acknowledgments, you said how he wasn't too open to being kind of indulged or in the interviewing or book process himself. So yep. how did you go about finding like the sources and the information? Well, one of the first things I do whenever I, I decide on a book subject is I go to eBay and I buy every media guide, every magazine, every everything with that person. So you know, Bo was at Auburn from uh, 82 to 85. I got all four football media guides when he was there. I got all the baseball rosters. I got the track and field roster. And throughout his life, I would do that for those moments. I got his high school yearbook, the Auburn yearbooks when he was there. And you just start calling people. And you just start calling people. And you call more people and more people. And a lot of times, like, one guy will point you to two guys. And two guys will point you to five guys. And five guys will point you to ten guys. And I interviewed 720 people for this book, which for me is a lot. And it was really just a lot of word of mouth and a lot of just dogged reporting. Yeah. And how did that differ from um, just interviewing the source directly instead of going through different sets of memories? In a way, it, um, so I got lucky with this book, actually, because Bo uh, wrote an autobiography in 1990 called Bo Knows Bo. Mm -hmm. And um, he did it with a legendary writer who's no longer alive named Dick Shap. And before Dick Shap died, he donated all his notes, all his tapes, from all those sessions to the Auburn library. And most of them had never been heard in the 30 years since they, they were recorded. So I had all this fresh Auburn and Bo Jackson material 
that no one had heard. And a lot of it, the vast majority of it was not used in Dick Schaap's book with Bo Jackson. So that was enormous. And then when you call people, it's kind of cool. Like, it's one thing for Bo Jackson to say, I hit this home run. It was great. I felt great. It's another thing to hear people say, holy crap, I was at this game when he hit it. I dropped my beer or I spilled my popcorn or I couldn't believe it or I hugged my mom or I hugged my dad. Like those kind of memories are actually really important in biography. So I like getting the multiple perspectives. Yeah. How long did the writing process take for you for this book? So usually the whole book takes about two years. I take about a year and a half and just report. And then I'll take six months and just write. It's like six, sit down for six months and just write the book. Okay. What was the most challenging part? COVID, like reporting during COVID, mm. not being able to travel as much as I like to. Um, the one good, there's no good thing about COVID, but the one thing that helped about COVID is um, everyone was home. So like when you called people, they generally did answer the phone. Yeah. And also like people were sort of going stir crazy at home. So the idea of like, oh, I get to talk about this athlete I love or this athlete I played with, I think for a lot of people is nice, but it was uh, COVID made it hard. I couldn't travel as much as I wanted to. Yeah. So did you actually travel to interview some of these sources in person or were most of them over the phone? Most were on the phone, but I did go, I went to Bessemer, Alabama, where Bo is from, spent a lot of time, literally walked up and down the streets where he lived, knocking on doors, talking to people, tours of his hometown. I went to Auburn, walked around Auburn, talked to some people who knew him. But mainly, again, a lot of this was reported during the global pandemic. So uh, I didn't want to catch COVID. I certainly don't want to give anyone mm-hmm. COVID. So most of it was during the, on the phone. Yeah. And now that the book's out, what do you feel that is your most accomplished aspect on this story that you are, you feel was the most successful part? I mean, I what I love is like I've been doing a lot of media. Like I was on the Today Show yesterday and I'm on Good Morning Joe today, Morning Joe today uh, and The Herd and all these different shows, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that as a brag thing, because who cares? You're on TV shows. But, <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like I did anything. They just booked me. But what I really love, and I really mean this with every book, I love bringing a subject back to life a little bit. Like I like being on the Today Show, and I like the idea that people listening and watching, maybe they didn't know who Bo Jackson was. Maybe they took a second to Google him. Maybe they didn't even buy my book, but they looked at some videos online. Maybe people listening to your podcast are 20 year old Auburn students or 18 year old Auburn students who know nothing about Bo Jackson. Now they're going to be like, oh, I should look him up. And it's not about selling books. It's more about history and people just appreciating how great of an athlete he was and how important he was. And at Auburn in particular, how important he was. Yeah. And to people who go out and read your book, what was one thing that you want your readers to take away from this story? I guess in a way more than anything is like the power of perseverance. And this was a guy he grew up in the 60s and 70s, dirt poor, Bessemer, Alabama, um, African-American kid with a mom who worked with, with 10 siblings and a mom who worked three jobs, who had a severe stutter, who wore his sister's hand-me-down shoes to school, who was held back a grade. And the guy just had perseverance and wherewithal and doggedness and really believed he was meant to do something. And I do think whether you want to be a dentist or a high school English teacher or a running back or a baseball player or a journalist, the power of doggedness and working hard is vastly should not go overlooked. And I think Bo Jackson's story is a testament to the idea that you can overcome a lot with hard work. If you're going to have a famous, a most famous alum, that's not a bad guy to have right there. Oh yeah. He's definitely a name you hear pretty much on the daily basis here still to this day. Yeah. That um, warms my heart. That warms <laughs> my heart. But yeah, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me today about your new book. 
All right. Thank you for having me on. I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It. And that is going to wrap it up for today. Thanks so much for listening and being with us here. And thanks again to Jeff for sharing his journey through this writing process. Make sure to go check out his latest book and also our Twitter and Instagram for more Auburn news updates at the Auburn Plainsman. And we will see you next week.